to actually reward them for the incredible work that is done that people that aren't in the field have no, <laughs> it's just, I think, I don't want to say they have no idea, but it is, if you don't do the work, you know, people, people don't understand. So I think with the nurses that do understand each other, it's, it's very, very positive when they hear that there are people out there like us and like Hire Me Healthcare that are trying to solve the problems that they see every day. What do the nurse hiring process and dating apps have in common and how can developments in matching technology help get nurses hired and solve the staffing crisis? Let's talk all about it with Ryan Lee and Denise Jones of Hire Me Healthcare right here on episode 463 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always about you. It's about your personal and professional development, your career, and the healthcare system writ large. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, medicine, technology, entrepreneurship, nursing, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride. And I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. If you'd like to help other people find the show, consider leaving a rating and review. I know I ask this all the time over on Apple Podcasts, or you can do so on Google, Amazon, or Spotify, or just share the show with anyone who you think might enjoy it or get something out of it. If you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. As little as $2 a month is a great way to keep things rolling here at the Nurse Keith Show. I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com in the drop-down menu labeled podcasts. And they'll also be in any app where you happen to be listening. Like I said, we are here with Ryan Lee and Denise Jones of Hire Me Healthcare. And Ryan and Denise, it's so good to have you here. And there's a lot to talk about when it comes to nurse hiring, the healthcare space, the nursing shortage crisis. There's there's so many different aspects of this. And Ryan, as the CEO and founder of Hire Me Healthcare, my first question for you is, what led you to think about starting something like this, a tech startup? that could address these kinds of issues? Was there like a, a crystallizing moment or some epiphany that happened for you that made you think, yes, this is something that I want to address? It was a crystallizing moment and kind of a coalescing moment. So I was having a conversation with a childhood best friend of mine who was working in hospital operations. And he came to me asking actually for a little bit of legal help because that was my background. He knew I had the background in law, um, particularly as it pertains to startups and entrepreneurship. So for me, it was always, it's going to be a tech startup. And I've been alongside healthcare through my sister, um, numerous family members, all my closest friends. It's always been a passion of mine. I've worked on a project trying to bring health solutions into um, the refugee context in Uganda. And when my buddy Trey approached me with this, he was like, you've seen this problem firsthand, right? You've been a patient. You've noticed it's, you know, it's, it's understaffed in a lot of ways. And he started giving me a lot of the background information on just the numbers, the, the way the cycle works where a nurse can give two weeks notice, but it can take 45, sometimes up to 90. I mean, now it's way more than that, 90 days to fill these positions. And there's a crisis on hand and I have a solution for it. 
And so he and I sat down, we brainstormed, we got some stuff together and started putting together a team, but it was kind of that all crystallized for us simultaneously. And since then, um, I've just lived, breathed, eat, and not really slept very much, uh, the healthcare staffing space. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm aware that startups can be a lot of work. It's very front loaded and that can last quite some time as you know. So it's not, not an easy thing. And, you know, the healthcare and nursing staff hiring process is all over the map and it's been done really poorly for a really, really long time by so many different organizations that, you know, we need startups like yours. And there's some others out there too, that I know you're aware of that are also trying to figure out how to solve the problem. So I, I appreciate it because it helps my people, you know, my community. So thanks for, you know, giving us some really deep thought and trying to figure it out. And Denise, you're the director of nurse recruitment and also a co-founder of Hire Me Healthcare. And I know you started out as a CNA and you kind of got a glimpse of the healthcare space, but then I understand you got an MBA and you decided to look at healthcare from that other side, like marketing and administration. So what attracted you to this particular organization and making this happen? Was there a crystallizing moment for you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so originally when I was getting my MBA, I was working for the American Red Cross and I was also working more um, on the back end of things rather than the clinical aspect of things. And just for professional reasons, I started um, browsing different opportunities. And so I came across Hire Me Healthcare. And when I was just reading that job description, taking a look at the website and some of the things that were being put together for Hire Me, I just knew that I would be an awesome fit for the role because I'm doing something that I'm extremely passionate about. And the reason is because I have the experience of going through the process of being hired as a CNA. And so you have mentioned that it is not the best uh, process currently. And when I was a CNA in 2016, I think is when I was hired. And the process of getting me that position was just crazy. Um, it took probably three to four months before I had received a call that they were interested in bringing me on board. And at this point, I had already taken another job somewhere else because I just didn't even think that I was being considered because it had been such a long time since I heard from them. Same thing when I finally was interviewed. Did the interview with the nurse manager and met a little bit of talent acquisition. And from that point on, I think it took almost a, another month for me to get a call that said, okay, we just need to do your references. Now we need to do a drug screening. And then <laughs> we can talk about when you can get in for orientation. So I applied in July and I did not start orientation until December of wow. that year. 
And you know, yes. a lot of people listening are probably shaking their heads or yelling at the <laughs> yelling at their phone or whatever because they've been through something similar. Even if it's just six weeks or eight weeks, I mean, that's a long time, especially if you have rent to pay, you've got kids to support, you know, you need a job, you've got um, student loans to pay back, or you just want to work, right? And this whole process is so labyrinthine and it's so antiquated on so many levels and we're left in the dark. I mean, first we apply electronically to jobs and you're sending your resume into some black hole and you don't even know if it's basically going to be an applicant tracking system. You know, a bot's going to read your resume, not a human being. So it's a very dehumanizing process, isn't it, Denise? It definitely is. And even to your point about the bot that would come mm -hmm. in and read your resume. Mm -hmm. I applied to so many different healthcare organizations. And I will tell you that the job that I finally got um, was actually because I knew a nurse on the floor through another friend. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get offered an interview for any of the other applications that I had submitted on just your basic job platforms. Indeed, I don't know, maybe ZipRecruiter, some others, mm -hmm. there, there was no communication at all. And so when I actually talked to somebody and started networking, it was, it was who I knew rather than what I know. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you heard it here first folks. I, I talk to my clients all the time about networking and that just checking job boards isn't usually prudent in terms of your only strategy for trying to find a job and networking is so important. And Ryan, you know, this is technology based and of course technology can solve a lot of problems for us. It can cause them, but it can also solve them. Like we just mentioned applicant tracking systems and bots reading resumes. I mean, that sounds really awesome and convenient, but it also is that part of that whole black hole that our resumes fall into and then we never know what's happening. At the top of the show, I mentioned that there's some sort of um, parallel between this nurse hiring process or the healthcare hiring process and the algorithms and processes that dating apps use, matching technologies. Is that something that came to you very early on that that was something you could look at in terms of a way to address this particular issue? It was an aha moment that came to our entire team. And, and just to just to back up one second about what you were talking about with the bots um, and technology in that regard, one of the things we were founded on is it was kind of ironic that technology and AI, I mean, that's what those bots technically are. Um, mm -hmm. We weren't using the buzzword then, but it was being used to facilitate the hiring process when in reality, it's filtering these keywords, it's looking for certain things, it's it's narrowing the type of candidate it wants into um, an unrealistic box. And a lot of very well-qualified candidates were just getting weeded out. They'd never even make it to the hiring manager's desk while they're sitting there taking months to fill these positions. So, you know, we, we got this idea for the centralized platform, but the aha moment for the dating app approach came just through customer discovery. Um, talking to hundreds and hundreds, um, I think really broke into the thousands on how many nurses we were talking to and then speaking with a lot of employers. 
there was this one commonality everyone wanted to, that we really got from so many people. It was, we want to know more about the people behind the paperwork. Everything right now can find someone who's technically qualified for a job. And going that bare minimum route was very clearly not working. And so we were like, well, what does put people together for a long time? Nowadays, you know, so many people that will just outright tell you, we met on Hinge, we met on Tinder. You know, back then people used to lie and uh, we met at a bar because they didn't want to say they were met on a dating app. Now it's, you know, it's so commonplace, it's ubiquitous and everything. So we looked to that idea of just what are they looking for here? They're looking for the people behind the paperwork. I mean, a Hinge profile is not terribly different than a resume in some regards. You know, it's, it's what's your background? What are you looking to do? What are your interests? What are your goals? And where are you at right now in your life? And, you know, what kind of um, partner are you looking for? People are you trying to work with? So we took that idea and we're like, we, we really want to do what no one else is doing. Everyone's finding someone capable of a job and leaving it at that. And you're finding these permanent roles are not filled for as long as even travel contracts in a lot of situations. Nurses just finding it's not the right fit leaving in a matter of months or even weeks. And no one was paying attention to that. So that's when we really started to shift our focus on making this, you know, we've been called the hinge of healthcare hiring um, colloquially. That's, that's not our, not our tagline. We are not here for any trademark infringement. Um, just it's all hearsay, but yeah, we, um, we, we took that moment as a team. It was um, Denise, me and our COO, Caitlin was a huge, you know, brain power behind this. And that, that was when we really started to pivot towards that. And that was probably in, I'd say end of 2022, a little after we launched our baseline product. Mm -hmm. And, and Denise, when you talk with nurses and you, you know, float this idea or they reach out to you and they start to see what you're doing, what kind of responses do you get when people see that there's a different way to look for work and get hired what you know are people excited are they um are they trepidatious you know what do people think about it i think everybody gives a really positive response everybody that i've talked to about hire me healthcare and what we are trying to do what it is what it's becoming every single time everybody always says the same thing Mm-hmm. Healthcare organizations need this. So I would say it's actually less about them saying that it's good for them, but rather saying it's good for the organization because they're they're not one track minded. Like they're not just thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the fact that they are not the only nurse that is going through the things that they're going through on the day to day. And so they know that if there was some sort of solution within this healthcare hiring process, that it could change things drastically for the nurses and not just for them getting a job. We're talking about things further down the line of having nurses find a job that meets their pay expectations, you know, salary and um, making sure that the unit is not understaffed. What do they do 
within the organization to make sure that the nurses don't get burnt out? What are, what do they do for the mental health of the nurses and to actually reward them for the incredible work that is done that people that aren't in the field have no, <laughs> it's just, I think I want, I want to say they have no idea, but mm-hmm. it is, if you don't do the work, you know, people, people don't understand. So I think with the nurses that do understand each other, it's, it's very, very positive when they hear that there are people out there like us and like Hire Me Healthcare that are trying to solve the problems that they see every day. Mm -hmm. Well said. And I just want to say, just as an aside, that I wish people I wish we were using video right now because they would have seen your adorable dog make a little appearance on the podcast just a few minutes ago. (laughs) My dog's locked out of the room, but I'm glad your dog came came into the picture. Um, He's like, I want to get hired too. Rowan Jones is our, is the hire me healthcare master. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really yes. good. Yeah. Yep. He uh, came in, he came into the picture uh, just when our product actually first launched uh, back in 2022. So he's been here. He's got a role right here with us. Yep. Yeah. He's, a, he's got a role here for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's got a role. Yeah. So Ryan, um, I know you have this, this, underlying belief of healthcare being a human right. So when you think about the context of the nursing shortage, you know, the crisis that we're seeing in not every single city and every single state around the country, but it's fairly ubiquitous. How do you see the nursing shortage, you know, not synergistically, but in a, in the negative sense, impacting that ability for patients to receive the healthcare they need. There's a whole laundry list of reasons why, you know, this act, this idea of healthcare being a human right is being the United States is falling short and mm-hmm. every bit contributes, you know, um, you can go talk to people in Europe about their healthcare and, and, you know, it's, it's a giant systematic problem, but from the nursing shortage standpoint, it, it comes down to the impact of understaffed and burnt out units on patient outcomes. And it makes accessibility harder. I mean, think about at the highest level after the pandemic, these there were hospitals shutting doors, hospitals operating in negative margins, but particularly mm-hmm. in critical access areas, a lot of hospitals had to close down, mm-hmm. closing off wings, you know, taking beds out of the picture for, for people that critically need it. And you know, there's one part right there where you're just losing the availability, the vacancy in healthcare facilities for for people that need care. When you look at it from a patient standpoint of, you know, higher admission, higher readmission rates, higher mortality rates, more even things like falls increase, hospital acquired infections, all of these things are directly correlated through numerous studies to understaffed units. And so the more this process uh, makes that exacerbates that situation, the more, um, you know, patients really feel that and then they can't get the adequate care they deserve. Doesn't change the price. That's for sure. But, you know, I, I think, um, it's, it's been really hard to watch the nursing shortage, make healthcare even more inaccessible in a country that is internationally notorious for inaccessible healthcare to begin with. Hmm. Notorious. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, um, 
your we just had another visitor come across the video, which was your cat. So this is a very animal oriented show. This is great. That was very cute friendly too. organization here at Harvey Healthcare. Very friendly organization. Yeah. So yeah, that's those are really good points. And there's it's so frustrating from the point of view of a lot of healthcare providers, a lot of nurses, people like you who are trying to figure out ways to solve the problem. And then we have the organizations who need to actually decide to get involved in something like Hire Me Healthcare, sign on and say, yeah, this sounds really cool. Maybe we could streamline the process and get people coming in the door and maybe get some nurses hired in a in a timely manner and then serve our communities, right? Because that's what you're saying too, is that if healthcare is a human right and we need staff to be able to provide that healthcare, if we continue to have this crisis and no one's really addressing it in a way that makes any sense and that offers any viable, you know, user-friendly solutions, then we just kind of spin around in circles on this American healthcare hamster wheel that we've been on for so long. So, you know, I appreciate that you're seeing, you're seeing it from, okay, the nurses want to get hired. So that's awesome. We need to get people to work, but we also need the patients to get the care. And then the organizations, we can't have them all closing their doors. And if you don't have the staff to see the patients, then how are you going to keep revenue coming in? So it's this vicious cycle. So you're inserting yourselves in a certain part of the cycle. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about the matching technology. I want to talk about, you know, the ways in which you see this moving forward and how this whole particular new paradigm could really be a game changer in the big, big picture as we move forward from here. So hang in there with us and we'll be right back for the second half of episode 463 of the Nurse Keith Show with Ryan Lee and Denise Jones of Hire Me Healthcare. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friends of the pod and my new friends and colleagues, Denise Jones and Ryan Lee of Hire Me Healthcare. And Ryan, during the break we just took, we were talking about something that I feel like is worth mentioning. So you were saying that the United States has yet to sign on to a particular treaty, and you have a feeling that our healthcare system is a piece of why perhaps that hasn't happened. Could you just explain that? Because before the break, we were talking about human rights and healthcare is human rights. So I feel like this is a good thing for people to be aware of. Could you elucidate that? Yeah. So I, I have my background, just so it doesn't sound like I'm coming out of nowhere with this. I have a master's in uh, international human rights from the University of Vienna in Austria, um, actually, as does our COO, Caitlin. That's where we met many years ago. But um, yeah, so one of the two main core treaties of for the UN is the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights. And Article 12 of that is effectively the right to health. And the United States has not signed this covenant. It contains a number of components, and there's a lot of speculations as to why we haven't. But I personally believe that healthcare is a, is a component of it because that would make you accountable to 
I mean, to international law and um, for violating the covenant. And what it requires is um, for everyone to enjoy the highest attainable standard of physical and mental health. And then there's uh, a sub document that goes on to elaborate on a lot of what those components mean. But I mean, it goes everywhere from sufficient beds to sufficient care to sufficient staff. And there's numerous other components that, um, you know, af- affordable healthcare is a huge part of it. And that every single person should have that right. And with the inequality of access to healthcare in our country, you know, especially across socioeconomic gaps, across racial gaps, we would just be checkered with mm. violations if if this was a treaty that we were accountable for but there's a handful of reasons and if you want to jump onto a human rights podcast sometimes we can talk about a lot of the reasons why the united states has refused to sign that treaty despite being one of the founding members i mean technically the the original document the universal declaration of human rights was a huge byproduct owner roosevelt played a huge role in that mm-hmm. it's a very american-led document and then we decided to bifurcate it into two main covenants and we only signed one of them. Wow. That's really interesting. I'd like to learn more about that. And, you know, I think it's good for those of us who work in healthcare to understand the, some of the political and geopolitical and sociopolitical aspects that are happening, you know, kind of beyond the work we do providing care to patients, because that's what informs how we do or don't do our work. and you know, the ways in which patients access us or not. So that, thank you for, for adding that aspect to this. That's, that's really interesting and a lot of food for thought. So Denise, um, so let's talk about just work and nurses ability to find it and to get hired and to do the work that they went to school for and provide for their communities and also provide for their families. Let's say that too, right? So you all are trying to help nurses get hired so they can do what they're meant to do and what they went to school for and, you know, live satisfying lives where they can make a decent living. So what is, what does trust in the system have to do with it? You know, there's, we need transparency and we need people to feel trusting of what they're getting themselves into. So how do you feel like what you all are doing plays into that notion of nurses feeling like they can trust that they can find their place and do the work that they went to school to do? Yeah, I think it's two parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is the resource that we're trying to be for the nurses mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's where my work comes in and okay. our team in general that is constantly just talking about what nurses are really 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 want you know is it a higher pay is it work life balance and communicating anything we talk about as a team out to the nurses and truly finding what is important to them so that's one piece the second piece is our tech and so as we've developed our tech, the most important thing is that we want to promote better connectivity between the two sides, meaning the nurse that's a candidate and the healthcare organization and hiring manager. So our tech has so many features that enables both of these things to happen. I say the biggest one is the uh, direct messaging that can happen between the hiring manager and the nurse to be able to 
talk a little bit more about some qualitative aspects of the nurse rather than just these quantitative credentials, licensing, uh, where you went to school, more so where does your experience lie, but also where does your passion lie? Because a lot of nurses are finding passion in different things as they get experience as a med surge nurse or someone in, um, you know, an outpatient clinic, and they want to just do other things. But sometimes they're not recognized on a resume because they don't actually have that hands-on experience yet. So, I think it's really important that nurses get to search for jobs that they're passionate about. Um, we have a feature in there about specialties of interest that that the hiring managers can actually see and say, oh, this this nurse is interested in a wide variety, but their experience lies here. Well, I have a perfect position for them. So, you know, and then there's the matching piece. And I think that's really where the connectivity lies and where nurses can find the job that is going to fit them the best. And also the hiring manager can find the candidate that's going to work the best in that team. And that in general is going to lead to everything we've been talking about, just not being as big of an issue, right? Turnover, their staffing. So. Denise, when nurses sign on to Hire Me Healthcare, are they filling out a comprehensive survey and, you know, checking boxes and, you know, kind of demonstrating what their interests are and their skills and then uploading a resume and doing all those usual things that they would expect to do? Just about. Yep. So mm -hmm. they we don't have the... Um, resume being automatically uploaded at this moment. And I think the reason for that is so that the nurses can kind of go through and not have things be so tedious um, because there's a lot of technical things that are seen in other um, job platforms where they end up having to refill it all out anyways. Um, and we definitely don't want that to happen. I think eventually we could get there and with our tech that is so awesome um, that we wouldn't have those problems. But it's really just about them signing up and putting their basic credentials in, their basic like license, school experience. And from there, they can go right into the app and start searching based off of specialty, uh, location. There's many different filters in there that are going to allow a nurse to really expand their search beyond just what they think that they're qualified for. Mm -hmm. And, and Ryan is, does the, does the process work both ways? Like do nurses find jobs and they can apply and the, the healthcare system or hospital is also seeing the candidates and they can reach out that way? Yeah, it's, it's hard to ever use the word fun in talking about employment, but frankly, I would say the employer side is even is actually a little bit more fun because we built it out in a way where you build each job description using matching tiles and adding different areas of prioritization to that. And so what they'll build out is um, ultimately it looks like a job description when it's done, but it programs and tells our algorithm the very nuanced specifics and, and prioritizes what is most important in each job, not just does this person have what is what is capable. So on that side, when it's completed, they'll see a ranked list of the candidates that are the best fit by that. And we've seen, you know, a lot of, it's been really successful in the way that it's, um, 
it can make this more efficient for the hiring side to figure out, you know, who to talk to and to really narrow that list down. And from that point, you know, what we're excited about adding is to both sides, these qualitative aspects that, that we're mentioning. And you know, that's on our immediate roadmap is, is to bring in these, these more key components of, of what we can get in the most minimal amount of time to actually get it all together and learn the most we can about um, both the people on the hiring team as well as as the candidate searching. So it's a you know it's a two sided marketplace. Both sides have their critical roles. Our technology does the rest, and then we allow uh, the direct communication that Denise was talking about on that opportunity for um, for users to or for both sides to really find out what the other um, what would be best fitting in this situation and and just tackle so much of the of the pre-interview process. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert, we actually do have uh, video interviews on the platform plan for the roadmap down the road as well. So we could do virtually mm-hmm. everything right up until, you know, we stay out of the actual hire itself because um, we're, we're not a staffing company. Right. That's great. And, you know, um, when it comes to this process, you know, the two-way communication. So that's happening from both sides, the nurses and also the hiring managers of the organization. And you're starting out, I believe, in North Carolina, and then you're expanding from there, right? Correct. Yes. We're North Carolina, born and bred. Uh, We're expanding through the region. Uh, I'm based in Nashville and getting more and more involved with the leadership organizations and the huge healthcare scene here. So most likely, um, Tennessee will be our next. And there's some natural spillover. You know, we have users in Tennessee and we're in conversations with with hiring parties in in a, a new number of states around. But uh, the nice part about starting regionally is no one no one's terribly opposed to hopping state lines as well. Mm-hmm. So you're starting out in North Carolina, and what's your vision for 2024? Because here we are in early March of 2024. What what would you like to see? What do you project by you know by the holidays at the end of 2024? There are three main things I'd like to see in 2024. Number one is mm-hmm. on the technological front. I would like to finalize development, um, you know, just subject to, to proper funding to finalize this development piece and really build out the the dating app components that we have, you know, in the mix and that right now we're kind of manually facilitating, but to really automate that in a way to make this more efficient um, and scale. From a market standpoint, I would love to see the point where, you know, what, what we do works quickly in a market, being able to copy and paste it in other states as, as demand rises. Um, I'd really like to see that demand rise organically. You know, you really have to force your way into brand recognition these days because there's just so much. I mean, not even just direct competition. There's not a ton of direct competition in this space. There are some great organizations out there filling these roles, but just the amount of the volume of, of just emails and cold outreach that everyone gets from their phone, their email account, their LinkedIn every day. Mm-hmm. It's really hard just to get in front of people without those connections. So we're looking forward to, you know, working out some of these deals we have in the works right now to, um, to solidify our value and then gain that reputational bump where we can really spread to the places where the need is the most. And, you know, third, I would just like to see us having a, a strong impact and being able to work some arrangements out with critical access hospitals so that we can get people taken care of that are on that lower side of um, the of, of access, you know, just those on the lower socioeconomic side, the more rural and, and you know, locationally challenged for, for easy access to healthcare, especially with how many 
um, hospitals had to close in the aftermath mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So making right. a dent where the need is most. And there's your, your human rights background kind of coming through in terms of the mission of what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I live in a state that's largely rural. We have Albuquerque, Las Cruces, and Santa Fe, but the rest of the state is incredibly rural. I think we're the fourth least populous state in the country. So access in those rural areas is an issue. And I know it is in the South as well. You know, you have a lot of rural um, populations. So, you know, we want to reach everybody. We don't want just people in the big cities and the larger towns to have access. We want that to be everywhere. And then we also need people, we need nurses to actually work in all of those places, not just in the large metropolitan areas. And Denise, as the director of nurse recruitment, what would you like to see in 2024? What's part of your vision for you know, the rest of the year moving towards 2025? I definitely want to help the nurses in any way that I can and be able to relate to their experience just because I also have been (laughs) in their shoes at one point or the other. And I think that learning more about what nurses want in 2024 Mm -hmm. is going to be really crucial for the next steps in building Hire Me's tech. So, you know, a lot, especially after the pandemic, but even more so now, nurses are looking into being entrepreneurs and just kind of exploring different avenues of nursing that a lot of us didn't really know about and that are actually very new. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to take some time to dive into what these new avenues are so that I can see if there's anything that we can include in our tech that will help nurses be able to expand their horizons a little bit further, develop their career a bit further. And honestly, just being a resource for these nurses and truly just having them find a job that is exactly where they want to be for more so just their career, but also so that they have that work-life balance and can enjoy their family time and can have a pay that they <laughs> they like, you know? And mm-hmm. so we can't do it all, um, but the hope is to do everything we can to show these nurses that Hire Me Healthcare is going to help them tremendously. I that's yeah. that's about it. That's that's the most important thing to me. I appreciate um, just being that. somebody in this field. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate both of you having this very, I guess I would say humanistic approach to all of this. You know, it's tech company, it's a startup, but I feel like there's a there's a human component that's the driver. And that's something I really appreciate from our first conversation, Ryan, quite some number of weeks ago. So I I just want to point that out, that it feels very human and humane, and that's something we need more of in healthcare. So I know people can go to HireMeHealthcare.com and they can check it out. And like we said, you're you're in North Carolina, expanding into Tennessee and the states surrounding. So people should just keep an eye on it, especially those who live in the Southeast. And, you know, we can, we can put out some updates as things develop over time. And before we go, I have four quick questions I ask all my guests. And since there's two of you, we'll have to make these a little concise just for, for practicality in terms of time. And also 
Each of you is going to get to cheat on two of the questions and hear the other person respond first. So you can kind of plan your response. Usually they're just sort of like more spontaneous, but you get to cheat a little bit. And Denise, we'll start with you. And the first question is, how do you define success, either personally or professionally? Oh, goodness, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. This is this has changed for me a lot as Mm -hmm. I get older. Um, I'm 29. And so my definition definition of success um, throughout my 20s was to make a lot of money. That was always my definition. But Mm -hmm. as I have grown professionally, uh, that's changed a lot. And my definition of success is making a difference. That's a big one. And also being able to love what I do, regardless of the money. And of course, money is always important. You know, we're all we're all trying to exceed and grow financially as well. But being able to have a work-life balance, make that difference, and be involved in something that you're passionate about and that you can go home every night and be excited to go to work uh, the next day. And especially on Monday mornings, if, if you can wake up on a Monday morning and you're ready to go, then I, I think that says that you're in a pretty successful spot. That's, that's lovely. And I'm 59 and I feel exactly the same way. So there you go. Um, okay, Ryan, you had a moment to uh, cheat and think about how you want to respond. So what would you say? I won't steal any of Denise's. Um, I'll, I'll define success from the self-love standpoint of mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel that you did your best, that you were good to others, that you practice empathy, compassion, and as Denise said, made a difference in some way. And if, uh, you know, if you feel you can do, you positively impacted someone else's life in any way, shape or form in a day, then that's a successful day in my book. That's wonderful. Okay. And now Ryan, question number two, now Denise gets to sit back and listen mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, could you name or describe a person who's inspired you in the course of your life? They could be living or dead, famous, or someone simply from your personal life who you'd like to mention. I would go with my dad here because he's Mm. paved the way before me entrepreneurially. Um, You know, he showed me what it is like to take the reins of your own life and to look out for others in the process. And um, I don't think I would have gone the direct entrepreneurial route were it not so deeply ingrained in my blood. And I guess by virtue of that, both of my grandfathers, because they they took the same route. It's just uh, Mm. some means, if you will. Lovely. Okay. And how about you, Denise? I would have to say my dad as well, not to Mm. take your thunder, Ryan, um, but definitely my dad. He is somebody that has always told me to do what I love and, um, you know, money aside and everything. But also, he just has had such an influence on my career and the support that he has constantly given me has made all the difference in the world and has made me feel successful, even in moments where I feel like I'm not super Mm -hmm. successful. And I know that there's times that everybody feels that way. And that's okay. That's all part of the process. And he taught me that. So 
That's lovely. So it's Father's Day here at the Nurse Keith Show today. That's really nice. <laughs> I'll okay. add Mark Knopfler to the list as well, since we're step outside of the family. Just oh. one of the most underrated, fantastic, hardworking, and uh, authentic musicians there is. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And Denise, you're going to get number three first. Um, is there a book or a movie? It doesn't have to be an absolute favorite, but just a book or movie that has had an impact on either the way you think, the way you live your life, the way you approach your work, your relationships, anything like that. Just something that has hold some meaning for you. You know, I'm not one to always read any of those self-help, I'm sorry, the self-help books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm definitely somebody that prefers more of the fantasy fiction. And I wouldn't say that there's one that stands out when you ask that question. However, I will say uh, that Ryan and I had briefly talked about um a book and that was kind of like a character that you were familiar with that yeah, um, just has done a lot for you. And um, mine was actually Hermione from Harry Potter, <laughs> mm -hmm. because we have a lot of things in common. Uh, she was always the girl in the books studying and being the girl to look out for her friends and make sure that everybody was doing things by the books and by the rules. However, she also was one to uh, disobey those rules in some, <laughs> in some moments, and, um, but she would not get caught. I see. So. <laughs> I see. Ryan, does um Denise have a magic wand? She does. And she, she does. also has uh, a lot of kindness in that heart because I thought for sure she was about to call me out for having never read or seen Harry Potter right there. Uh oh, okay. Well, I haven't either. So there you go. Um, oh, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> we will. Okay. Yes. Ryan, how about you? What would you, what would you name? Uh, the book that's changed my outlook on life the most far and away is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And um, my biggest issue throughout my entire existence has been spending so much time in my head. I mean, my, my COO, Caitlin, has my name with a hamster next to it in her phone book because the hamster wheels are always turning and I'm just always spinning. And, and a lot of the time it's either future tripping or dwelling on the past. And mm -hmm. present moment is the only time in which you can actually do anything. It's the only time that ever exists for that regard that you're ever in. You know, nothing ever happens in the future. Nothing ever happened in the past. It always happened in the now. And it's also the only place you can find true joy in life. And it's really helped me find, be present with my, my daughter more and more, um, working on this work-life balance thing and just my wife and family. And then on the other side, I would just say the book Shantaram for going outside of the self-help genre because it helped me define my spirituality. Hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. People have named, um, you know, fiction, you know, it doesn't really matter. We all have things that impact us and it doesn't matter what the genre is. It, it's whatever speaks to us. So yeah, I appreciate all of those. And Ryan, last question. If you were named king of the world tomorrow, what's one of the first things you'd want to do to improve the lives of your subjects? And just bear in mind that as king of the world, you'd have ultimate power. So you would eventually do everything. But what would be like your your first act? Uh, mandatory acts of compassion by every citizen, every single day, and universal health care. All right. I love it. How about you, Denise, if you were named queen of the world tomorrow? I would probably 
have a limit on the amount of time that people can spend on Instagram and social media every day. Mm, yes. Wow. And my re- my reasoning for that is because there is a lot of things put out on the internet that is not real and it is causing a lot of problems in the world today. Um, and that could be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> so I'd love to talk about that more um, if you're ever interested. But I, I think that it could really help the productivity um, and in a technically technologically advanced world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I see it doing more harm than good, unfortunately. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, I, I use LinkedIn, you know, professionally. And then for fun, I look at Instagram every day for 20 minutes or so. And I, you know, it's mostly animals and art for me in nature, you know, but we do have to curate this world out there because it can really take over our lives and it can take us down many wormholes, some of which aren't very healthy for us. So I, I really do appreciate that, that thought a lot. And speaking of social media, are you all on, um, any apps that people should look for in terms of hire me healthcare, Ryan or Denise? Yes, all of them, pretty much. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter. We mm-hmm. don't use that one as frequently. I'm I'm sorry, Twitter. I mean X, X right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, TikTok, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Did I say that? Mm-hmm. X got so convoluted because now you have to say X, formerly, formerly known, as known as Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we'll um, we'll make sure the links to all of those are in the show notes. And thank you all so much. I want to keep in touch. I want to know what's happening with the company as things move forward. And maybe, you know, in early 2025, we can have you all back to talk about where things have moved and, you know, what the developments have been. So it'd be lovely to circle back in a year or so and just revisit the conversation. So thank you both so much for being here. It's just really been wonderful. And I wish you the best in developing this. And I think you're coming from a great place. So thank you for bringing the humanity back to the process. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Keith. It's been great to be on here. Great to you know get a chance to speak to your audience. Um, we cannot express enough gratitude to the nurses and all caregivers out there sacrificing your mental health, your well-being, your time, your family, and everything that you do to for the passion of caring for other people. That is the most admirable thing that you can do in this world. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show with Ryan Lee and Denise Jones of Hire Me Healthcare. Remember, the show notes will be at nursekeith.com and all the links to Hire Me Healthcare will be there. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And if you need personalized, holistic career coaching, look no further than Nurse Keith Coaching and nursekeith.com. Mention the show and get 10% off your first coaching package. We are proud members of the Health Podcast Network at Health Podcast network.com and we're adroitly produced by the inimitable rob johnston of 520r podcasting before we say goodbye i'll leave you with this quote one of my favorites by the musician robert fripp may my living honor my parents may my living repay the debt of my existence be well dig deep seek joy keep in touch this is nurse keith saying adios till next time from beautiful santa fe new mexico denise jones saying arrivederci from Charlotte, North Carolina. And Ryan Lee bidding you adieu from snowy Nashville, Tennessee. 
All right. Thank you both so much. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the proverbial flip side. Thank you.